it's a prayerful season for us in the life of the church. Um, we believe that the Lord is up to some great things, uh, a lot of stuff that's just kind of behind the scenes. So you continue to pray and look for what he's doing um, in your life and the life of the church. Uh, we have uh, missionaries, uh, our friends, the Sprinkles, have gone back to Russia. Uh, they are in country. Uh, and as you know, that is a, uh, a place of uncertainty at the moment. So you continue to pray for the Sprinkles as they find kind of a home base for serving uh, in the midst of very uncertain times uh, in Russia. Uh, the Floreses in, in, uh, New Me in Mexico City are also having some new, ad new adventures and uh, leading out and training other pastors and equipping other pastors and encouraging them in church planting. So remember the Floreses. Uh, in about a week and a half, uh, Jam missionaries will show up and uh, they will start uh, the, the summer, summer program there at Jam uh, with uh, like 170 kids. Man, the Lord is doing great things. You be looking for that. Look for that. Ask for the Lord to do more and how you might be a part of what he's doing. Um, today we are continuing our series in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7 as we look at the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and we begin today by actually rewinding and going very to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, um, God has given some commands uh, to his, his children, Adam and Eve. And in this beautiful creation story, he has aligned out uh, what life is to look like, that they are to take dominion, that they are to um, multiply and they are to inhabit the land. And in doing that, he also says there are some, some things to watch out for. There's this tree that you're not to eat from. Because if you eat from the tree, as you know, he said, you will surely die. And so in Genesis chapter 2, with that kind of laid out as the foundation for all of the existence, like there's just one thing you can't do. <laughs> and so we see that, that Eve and Adam are... Uh, near the tree, it sounds like Eve was a little nearer to the tree than Adam, but not much. Uh, and there, there is a crafty serpent, our adversary, who is there. And so enter into, this is the first time we're hearing of our adversary. And so those instructions were clear to Adam, and passed to Eve. And the serpent in Genesis chapter 2 says, Did God say... You may not eat from any tree in the garden. Now, that sounds a lot like what God actually said, which was, you may eat from any tree in the garden except for one. I mean, 80% of the words are the same. 90% <laughs> of the words are the same. But now close your eyes for just a moment. Humor me here. And I want you to look, see, see what God said. God said, you may eat from any tree. Do you see all the trees in the garden? You may eat from any tree. Looks delightful, delicious. Plums, cherries, apples, bananas. Delightful. Whole fruit basket. You may eat from all of those. Delightful, but you may not eat from that one. Satan says, you may not eat from any of the trees. Well, what? You can open your eyes now. There's a stark contrast, right, between those two things, but almost all the words are the same, right? 
Eve was able to pick out, no, 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 God didn't say that. He said we can eat from any of the trees. So she heard the, the truth from God and was able to compare it against this deception that Satan gave. And then she said, but we can eat from any of those trees. In fact, we're not even supposed to get near that tree, which is not exactly what he said either. A kind of a contrivance, an addition to what God had actually said. And so it began. And so it began. We are here, and we are subject to lies all the time. What was Satan trying to do? He was trying to distort reality. He was changing the reality. Just like we did just in that little exercise, if you're closing your eyes. He wanted to change how Adam and Eve perceived the world, and more importantly, how they wanted to perceive God, right? And he was doing that by distorting the truth ever so slightly, just a twist here or there. This is not the way of God, though, is it? God is a truth teller. He can be trusted. In fact, when Jesus in John 10 describes himself, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father but through me. The, the way to the Father is through truth. You have, to, you have to get to truth before you can get to God. So in, in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is, Jesus is correcting the common practice of the day among the religious people. And I'll read it for you. He says, I think we should have it on the screen here. He says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is, the, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. It is his as well. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you, be, what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This beginning phrase of what Jesus says, you have heard it said of old. There isn't actually any scripture that says this that you can look back in the Old Testament. So he's not actually, they are, he's saying you have heard it, you have not read it. <laughs> you have heard it. And you, you look at this phrase, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what, what you have sworn. Now, bits and pieces of that are found throughout the Old Testament. And so it's a conflation. It's a bringing together of a lot of different sayings into one. This may have been something that Jesus had heard since he was a kid. Like grandma used to say this to everybody, you know. It's something he may have heard the rabbis say. It was a, a religious discussion. It was trying to understand what the law taught. And so it was a conflation. It was a, a kind of a summary statement of bringing a lot of ideas together. So it's not, the question is not whether that's a, a valid statement or not. Because it, it does picture pretty well what the Old Testament is saying. It, it wasn't because they were quoting incorrectly that, that there was a problem. You see, the summary wasn't the thing that was in, incorrect, but it was the heart of those who were listening to the summary that was the problem. Isn't Jesus getting back to that over and over again on the Sermon on the Mount? Like, the problem is not that you, don't, you can't read. That's not your problem. 
The problem is that you don't know. That, that's not the problem. The problem is what? It's our hearts. And so what were they doing? Well, what they did was they understood this kind of maxim, this kind of teaching that was prevalent in their, their culture uh, that, that came from the law. But they were trying to find their way around it. We've seen just a minute ago that, the, that the, uh, in the last two weeks, three weeks, we've seen that Jesus is really addressing things that are in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. He's saying, y'all are quoting those things, but like because your heart is rotten, like you're finding ways to follow them that's not right. So remember we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, Casey was talking about uh, adultery. And he said, and you think just because you lust and you don't actually commit the act that you're okay. You're not. Your heart is rotten, right? We talked about divorce last week. And now he's saying again, now, now when it comes to this, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou, and we oftentimes kind of summarize it as thou shalt not lie, which is not exactly correct. But once again, you're, you're taking these words and you're trying to find your way around them. And so what they were doing was they were saying, okay, um, I promise you, I swear on, and they would swear on something in heaven. I swear on the, I, I swear on the gates of the kingdom of heaven that this will, I will do this thing. And what they ended up doing was like there were some things that really counted and some things that did not. So it's like, well, I didn't really uh, swear on the hinges. You know? It's kind of like when we were little, right? It, you, you would tell somebody something and sweet, secretly you were doing this, right? You know? You're like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, you didn't see that, did you? And so they I mean, it's childish, isn't it? Like, come on, man. So how would, they, how would they swear? They would swear by heaven. Uh, they would swear by things on the earth, even the altar. They would swear by those things, and that was supposed to give it some gravity. That I, I'm for, uh, Really? I'm serious. Look, I'm swearing by the altar. Or I'm swearing by Jerusalem, the holy place where the king sits. You can trust me. And Jesus says, this is not the way. They would even swear on their own heads. Uh, meaning, they would be saying, basically, by my power. But I, I promise you, like, it's me. <laughs> you, ever, you ever hear that before? Like, hey, it's me, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. On my life, I promise you, I will do it. So, that was it. They would say these things without respect for the things they were actually using to confer that truthfulness. So if you say, by God, I will do this thing, you are really disrespecting God. So it, not only is it the bearing false witness that's found in the Ten Commandments, but it's also do, do not take the Lord's name in vain. You're making promises by God. You can very well fail your promises. And so what are you saying about God? Don't be a fool. By making oaths, we actually cheapen our honesty. So what did he say? Well, 
at the foundation of this is a truthfulness. And he's saying, you are not being truthful. You're not a people of the truth. And you're finding ways to get around those, uh, around those oaths. So, what should we do? Well, we should be honest. You know, in some ways, as difficult as the two previous sermons you've heard of divorce and uh, uh, on lust and adultery, this one seems so straightforward and easy. Just, just stop lying, <laughs> right? Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. You, you shouldn't have to give an oath. I, I swear, I cross my heart and hope to die. We should be truthful in all of our things, especially in the smaller things. We should be a people who do what we say we are going to do. What happens? Well, oftentimes we say we're going to do something because we're in a rush. Are you familiar with that? Like, uh, yes, okay, I'll do that. And because we're in a rush, we don't actually put much gravity behind it. Like, we don't we kind of intend to do it, but not, y'all stop looking at each other. Our husbands and wives, y'all stop looking at each other. Look here. Keep your eyes here. You can talk about it later. But in your rush, you say, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll call you right back. Just, just quit saying that. All right, just quit saying that. We speak often for the sake of expediency. Because we want to resolve the issue right now, better not to say anything. Better to say, I'm going to do my best to do that, or I'm going to try to do that. And if you do, try to do it. Try to do your best. The reason you have to give oaths, the reason they had to give oaths is because they had a, a history to the contrary of being honest. So you find that, right? Like you have to continue to say, no, but I'm serious. It's not, honestly, 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 I will do this. Doesn't it drive you crazy when people say to you, look, I'm not lying to you? I didn't say you were lying to me. It's like you're wondering, hmm, why, why do you feel like you need to say that? Oh, and I hate when people say, no, I'm telling you the truth this time. So what are we called to be? We're called to be people who are truthful. And that's hard. I mean, to be honest, that's hard. Because there's a lot of things we intend to do, right? And then what happens is as we move along in those things we intend to do, we find that they are costing us more than we expected. And we say, I don't think I'm up to that anymore. Amen. Amen. So we need to be a people who are a little bit slower to say we're going to do something or not do something. Uh, and be able to carry out. That means that we also just need to be earnest in carrying out the things that we said we're going to do. The things that we said we're going to do. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. This is fundamental. Um, I, I remember a couple from about 15 years ago, and they were engaged to be married, and, and we were talking, and uh, they, were, they were originally A&M students, uh, they were <laughs> the original A&M students, which is the reason why this story is so bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay. Just, 
sick of bears. Uh, so uh, they're in, a, in a, which is not important to the story, but they were A&M students, uh, and they were getting married, and uh, so they were, he, the, the groom said, Let, we need to move back to College Station and finish this thing off, and, and the, the girl had signed a, uh, had signed a contract with the BISD to teach over the next year, and I told him, y'all, y'all can't, y'all, you can't do that, you've signed a contract, and the groom said, I think we can get around it. I said, well, no, she's, did she know what she was doing when she signed the contract? Yes, I she knew, but I've got some lawyers in our family, and I'm sure we can, we'll, we'll settle this. And so somehow they got out of it. Said, y'all probably don't need to, <laughs> to go through with this. Um, because if he's not going to be honest about this, and you're entering into a vow that requires honesty, uh, that's not going to show well. They got married anyway, and unfortunately, about a year later, they were divorced. Those truthfulness is important for our relationships, right? And when there isn't truth there, and then when there is not truth speaking, and I'm not talking about truth and love, yes, truth and love, but when there's not honesty, we can't move forward. We have a hard time moving forward, right? I'll just, I'm the first one in line, okay? Like, I don't want to admit to things, (laughs) you know? I would rather blame, uh, put it on something else, ignore it. But until we address those things, until we say, like, no, I really messed up here. I, this is me, you know? And we have to face those terrible truths about ourselves. It isn't until we do that until we confess and tell the truth that we can receive forgiveness and we can turn and do something else. Otherwise, we just stay there. Like, we don't move from that place. We're stuck. We're spiritually stuck. So people of God, this is uncomfortable to speak the truth sometimes. But we have to admit the truth. Let our yes be our yeses. You know, in our culture today, we, we're not so much be, as big in oath takers. Like, we're not saying those things. We said some of those other things that we hear fairly often. Like, I promise, I, you know, I, I, I promise, like one guy said, like, I promise on my grandmother's life. That's pretty serious, right? And then, you know, five minutes later when the other person leaves, buddy comes up to me and says, your grandmother's been dead for five years. I went to the funeral. You know? Yeah, but... You believe me, right? We, we are circumventing the truth. We do it maybe in oath-taking like here, but we also, we also do it like in our contracts that we have with people. Like we write in ways that we can get out, attorneys, right? Because we don't actually intend or we want to find some ways out of those contracts. We want to find out, we want to find ways out of the things that we promise people. So we share a part of the truth, what we're going to do, never really intending to follow through with it. We also need to stop and think about the vows that we have made, especially husbands and wives together. Uh, Parents who've had their children here and you have, before the church, 
said, I'm going to raise them in a godly home. Are you doing that? Like you made a vow. You said, we said we're going to do that. Church, are we taking these vows seriously? Like we are saying, we are going to support you, so we need to support you. We need to work in the children's ministry. We need to pray for these children. We need to be concerned about these children. They are our children. We made that vow. Be careful how quickly you speak of those things. Next Mother's Day, there may be like a lot of silence. Do we vow to do this? <laughs> Not with that kid. <laughs> but we should be slow to make vows. I would encourage um, couples to review your vows. If you promise that. Reflect on them. I'm not talking a big fight session between you. I'm just saying, go back, look at your vows, and say, I'm following through that, because that's what I committed to. Breaking promises oftentimes have short-term benefits. Uh, <laughs> so I used to have a, a lawn business, and uh, so me and my buddy would be mowing along, you know, these push mowers. We weren't like high gluten folks with the, you know, ones that go by themselves. We were pushing along. And inevitably, as you're going like by a flower bed, one of the wheels, you know, goes off into the flower bed and it goes, <laughs> yeah, you heard it, <laughs> like this, and you, oh, and you keep going, right? And so you know at the end of this, in order to get paid, he's going to look at the yard. So I'm, I'm not saying to do this, you know, kids, I'm not saying to do this, but we would rake up some of the grass and covered up. So as it looked, it was green. But two days later, the truth came out. <laughs> you would see a big hole on the side that we had messed up. And sometimes it would not let us come back. Lies yield short-term benefits. By the end, they are death. Brothers and sisters, we serve a God who is all about the truth. The truth is hopeful and redemptive. Parents, be slow in what you promise your kids because you really need to do what you say. We are the people of God. He doesn't lie. Let us not lie. Let us be truth seekers and truth speakers. Live in a simple and honest way. Do what you say you're going to be, do. Set proper expectations. This is not where it ends because we leave from this place. But this is the world that we're in. So let us be faithful. Let's have an ear. Let's have an ear for those things. I hope, that's, I hope that you leave from this place and you go, hmm, whoa, there it goes again. I didn't realize. And then the good thing is just to confess it and repent. Go a different way. In the end, that is life. And that is joy.
Amen.